Hi there and welcome to Motos and Friends, a weekly podcast from the editors at Ultimate Motorcycling. I am Arthur Coldwells. This week's episode brings you the 2022 Ducati Supersport 950S. This classic L-twin cylinder machine from the Italian Mark was an instant hit when it was launched in 2017. Now with some decent tweaks, including bodywork that takes its cues from the Panigale V4, Nick DeSena gives us his impression of the bike. In the second segment, our friend this week is Shelby Hobson. Shelby is now an accomplished rider, able to ride at speed with great form and confidence. TJ chats with Shelby about when she started riding and the path she took to get where she is today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, well, thanks for joining me, Nick. Hey, I really appreciate you uh, giving us your thoughts on, I believe, the Ducati Supersport. Yeah, so we just uh, wrote and reviewed the updated Ducati Supersport 950S, which is part of a two-bike lineup, the Supersport 950, which is the base model and the upgraded S model that we have. And, um, you know, this bike was released back in 2017. We did the launch for that in Spain. And uh, coincidentally enough, I was the one that did that press trip. And that was a bike that I was always impressed with because it really filled an important niche um, within Ducati's lineup where it's not as aggressive as, say, some of the full-blown sport bikes like the Panigale V2s and V4s. And it offers a little bit more... Um, you know, road-oriented features than, say, their upright bikes like the Monster. So you get some good sportiness derived from their V4 superbikes and V2 super, or sport bikes, and a little bit more road applications that you want to find on a naked bike. So that's something that I, I, I think a lot of people enjoy about the super sport. And traditionally, that's what it's pretty much delivered, you know, even if we go back to the 90s and then early 2000s with a Terra Blanche uh, super sports but uh now we're talking about the super sport 950s excellent what what uh what motor does it have in it is it different from the plain super sport so it does have the 937 cc testa Stretta 11 degree l twin obviously liquid cooled and so on and so forth yeah it, it was a an engine that they introduced a few years ago and now it's um distributed through a handful of models and the important thing is is that you know with many motorcycle manufacturers these days is that they are using the same power plant in a variety of platforms. So the 937cc engine is used in the Hypermotard 950, the Multistrada 950, the new Monster, which is just Monster, and then of course the, the Supersport 950. Now the, the main thing about it is that they're always geared a little bit differently uh, and they always have a few little tweaks and and changes between them. So obviously, you know, fuel maps are designed specifically for the engine, but the takeaway for this motor is the, the sense that, you know, you always have what you need and nothing you don't. So it makes a claimed, you know, 110 horsepower and 69 foot pounds of torque, it's Euro 5 compliant. So it didn't really gain or lose much of anything going from Euro 4 to Euro 5. But like I said before, it's it just never has too much power. It's it's just right where I want it the entire time. So it's always getting that that satisfying bite of torque on the down low, and then you have some good shove. And if you really open the throttle, it lights off and goes. And again, it's just it's right in that sweet spot for me. 
Right. I, I know with the uh, original ride you had at Catalonia, you had a little bit of an issue with the gearbox and the quick the, the quick shifter. I, I assume that by now, by this generation, they've they've sort of ironed that out. Yeah, no, that, that's actually a good thing to recall, too. So um, we were at Mono Blanco instead of Catalonia, but, you know, all okay. all facts aside, um, yeah. the the main issue was the quick shifter and not not particularly the upshift, but it was actually the downshift. Ah, okay. So when you would really spike the revs, there was a, a pretty conservative amount of over rev protection which prevented you from going down into the next gear. So on the street, that's not something that you'd really face much of a problem with, but on the racetrack, that will definitely come up. So obviously I didn't ride our Supersport 950S uh, on the track this time around, but the important thing here is that with that update is the, the Supersport platform now uses a six axis Bosch IMU. And going along with that, is you have the updated versions of some of those systems. So it now has the Evo version of ABS, uh, wheelie control and quick shift. So in part of Ducati's safety pack, the, uh, the, you know, the evolutions of these things. And, and uh, you know, the super bikes are on Evo two in some of those categories for some of those softwares. But um, what I did notice is that the shifting has improved. Um, there's still a little bit of a, you know, some room for improvement, um, particularly, and it's in very specific situations, which auto blippers do struggle with a little bit. So the quick shift, that's free and clear, you know, low RPM, high RPM, totally cool. You know, you could be just chugging along in traffic and be super lazy and just put it in the tall gear and just do whatever you want or get on the gas and, you know, really wail through the gearbox. Totally cool. The auto blipper is still just there's a little bit of um, a little bit of lurching when you use the auto blipper at really slow speeds. Like it's, um, you know, just giving a little bit too much too much gas. And it's not something that I would consider a deal breaker or anything like that or truly upsetting. It's just it happens to work better the higher you rev the motor, so it can rev match a little bit easier. I mean, it's a, it's it's a high torque, you know, V twin, so. You know, at low engine speeds, that that engine is going to make a big difference. You know, the sort of you're trying to match on downshift. No, that that's that's a crucial crucial point too, because with with the amount of torque that it that this type of engine does make at low RPM, right? Your systems like that will have a little bit harder time getting that true rev match. And realistically, should you be using an auto blipper below thirty five hundred RPM, it's like mm, yeah. <laughs> barely above idle. <laughs> so. No, just don't be lazy. Come on. And um, the other update that they added was a hydraulic clutch. Oh, nice. So that gives it a little bit of a smoother feel and it's nice and easy to use, which is really good for, you know, road riders. Sure. Um, so I think that that's a, a nice little improvement that they made sure. this year. You, obviously, you, you had experience, and we covered this in a, in a previous episode, but you had experience of this in the new uh, Monster. Could you feel any difference in the engine? I mean, was, did, did this feel better or exactly the same or you know any no they they feel a little bit different i mean um again i, I would probably put that down to different fuel maps sure. uh final drive gearing and things sure. like that and you know chassis dimensions play a little bit part of that but really having ridden uh the different iterations of the 937 in the different platforms from the hypermotard to the monster 
they really do have their own personality. So something like the hyper has been tuned to be very aggressive. It's pretty much all teeth all the time. And that fits the hyper motard. You know, it's supposed to be a big, exciting, you know, wheelie machine, back it in, do whatever you want. With a monster, very, it's a very exciting motorcycle, but it can run at a docile pace. And then with the super sport, I feel like it, it kind of takes things into a, a little bit more of a casual um, sort of uh, vibe where the bike is really happy to run at those lower, just calm riding speeds. It's, it's not the type of bike where I get on it and I immediately just want to flog the thing. You know what right. I mean? There's some bikes that really just, just beg you to crack right. the whip. And this isn't really like that, but importantly, it doesn't say no to it either. So when you do it, it's kind of got that, you know, butler personality to it, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah so. where it, it does everything you need when you need it. And that's, that's really important for this bike because again, it's, it's supposed to be the, the jack of all trades, you know, sure. it's sporty enough to have fun in the canyons. You can get luggage accessories for it. And then you can also run it at a track day at a very, very much, you know, very, very reasonable clip. So will it have as much sportiness as a proper super sport of the racetrack? No, but it'll be way more comfortable on the ride home too. So, um, <laughs> right. you know, it, it, you, you give and take, yeah. but no, the engine does have its own personality and the fueling is crisp and clean in all the modes. Um, you know, as with all Ducatis these days, you can adjust the electronics to suit your needs. So there are various ride modes of sport, touring, urban, and, uh, you know, they perk it up as you'd assume sporting is a little bit more one-to-one, -one, whereas touring calms things a bit. And, you know, when I was on the highways and slower roads, I pretty much stuck with touring. And then, you know, when I saw a faster bit, something I want to hustle through, then put it in sport and good to go. But, um, yeah, overall that, that engine is just it's right there. It's just that, that perfect serving. You know what I mean? Like you order dessert, not too much, not too little. Right there. <laughs> perfect. So you touched on the electronics, obviously the electronics are IMU driven as, as you mentioned. So presumably it has all the sort of the cornering ABS and so on. Correct. Yeah. Is the traction control, how many levels of traction control do you have? I mean, is, is, is it just a couple and, uh, and you're sort of stuck in a mode? Or do you have lots of adjustability and, and you muck around with that? Oh, you have, you have lots of adjustability. You know, that's the one thing that, that is homogenous between uh, all of the Ducatis that, that offer this, this level of sophistication when it, com when it comes to their Ducati safety pack in, in any of the IMU supported bikes. So multi-level traction control, multi-level ABS. And, you know, really for the road, it's not something that we should be trying to, you know, put to the limits, but you will feel a difference at exaggerated lean angles between say sport and tour, which makes perfect sense in my mind. Touring sure. jacks things up a little bit more and just kind of tries to pull the reins in, keep it a little bit more calm and copacetic right. or a sport lets things out and you can really get on the gas hard as you like. And again, you're on the street. So you got plenty of torque, plenty of horsepower and plenty of, you know, chassis uh, agility to have fun with. And the, the electronics are just there always sort of watching over your shoulder, never getting in the way. And that's the important thing. Right. 
right? In terms of suspension, it's more conventional. I mean, no electronic suspension. It's just, just straight suspension. Correct. So it does use conventional suspension because we have the S model, and that is the crucial difference between the base 950 and 950S is we have beefy uh, 48 mil Olin's uh, fork up front, fully adjustable, and then a fully adjustable shock in the rear. And looking back at my notes from the original story in 17, it was, you know, the same situation. You had Olin's on the S and then Marzocchi fork on the, the base and then either a Mar Marzocchi or a sack shock on the base model, which in its own right did, you know, pretty well. But that Olin's is an extra step in terms of ride quality, damping quality, and just actuation overall. And, you know, it's a, that's a beefy looking fork too. It, it looks pretty sweet. So it looks like, you know, something that's, uh, came right off the V4. Right. Did you have to make any changes to the Olin suspension or, or were you good with the factory default? What's funny is when I picked it up, I took it home and kind of messed around with it and then ended up going back to the settings that I picked it up from Ducati with, so, <laughs> you know, off the showroom floor stuff, I would say for my weight and the type of riding I was doing, just, you know, general commuting and canyon riding it was more than adequate um but it is fully adjustable and you do have a, a pretty solid range of adjustment which is something we should always acknowledge because when manufacturers say that the the suspension is fully adjustable sometimes you only get like eight or ten clicks and uh doesn't do a whole lot but you know in this case you can really change the uh, chassis dynamics pretty heavily with just a handful of turns, you know, whether that's on compression or rebound damping or preload, but no, the, the S, the S suspension is quite good. I'll give it that. Sure. And brakes, obviously the ubiquitous Brembo's. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still running the M432s of, you know, a few years ago, but that's still a really quality caliber. And, right. you know, you have um, a radial master cylinder and match up with it and you get adjustable levers on each end. So braking performance, you know, again, go back to the, the, the engine performance that you have here. So, um, you know, it's, it, it pairs with it well, you know, it, just, it gives all the stopping power that I'd want and, you know, I, I don't feel like it's lacking in any capacity. You know, if, if we were running the Panigale V4 motor, I think, you know, we might, might feel differently, but that's, that's not where we're at. We're in real world horsepower that the real riders can actually use. So is there, is there anything that you, you'd change about it if you could, I mean, is there any sort of area that you feel it, it could do with a bit of a boost or, or is it just this great all rounder? So there are a couple little things that, kind of confuse me. Um, cruise control is not offered, which on a bike of this particular positioning where it is supposed to be the, the all-arounder within Ducati's lineup, I feel like that's a, an omission. Um, given that cruise control is offered you know, on several of Ducati's other models, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities for them to apply it to this model and then Sure. do the relevant changes and, and uh, updates to make it work for this, this particular platform. So that's something that I would give it a bit of a knock for. The other thing is uh, with the styling update, because now the Supersport is more in line with the Panigale V4 and V2, um, which I personally think was a good move. Um, 
the the rear rear mirrors rear view mirrors with the integrated turn signals that's really cool the problem is it kind of goes back to an issue that we've had with a lot of bikes over the years where they vibrate a lot so when you start going about 30 40 miles an hour it's really tough to actually tell what the object is behind you so you know this may be the first time where i can actually say with full honesty that no officer i did not see you i'm sorry <laughs> but uh you know it's you know all joking aside that is an issue that a lot of bikes have and it's just something that i on bikes that I, i'll be more critical of it on bikes that are more fit for daily daily grind use touring stuff like that because you you are out on the roadways more and you do need to be aware of your surroundings a little bit more than say a fully tracked out v4 Panigale. but <laughs> right, right. Um, that's something that they could work on and um yeah just the the auto blip uh just refining that a little bit more it's they've already taken a good step forward in getting rid of the fact that when you really spike the revs up um it, it used to just really not because of that over rev protection you wouldn't be able to go into the next gear and you'd have to wait for the revs to settle or just manually cl clutch through that is gone as far as i'm concerned but you know just an additional bit of smoothing um but yeah, those those are the crucial problems, and I'd say if those are your crucial problems, then you're, you're doing okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a real easy bike to ride. It is, it is, and that's sort of the 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 takeaway of this bike for me. It's it it, it falls in line with you know the the ease of use of the monsters and things like that, where they're they're really just easy going bikes, and you're not always riding at a knife edge. So. It handles very well. It's just, it turns in gently. You can put it where you need to go and then nothing is gonna to be too fast or too slow. And importantly, it's also gonna be stable. Now, overall, the bike, when I sit on it, and this is something that, um, you know, I, I always forget about this particular bike is that because it's a, a, a V-twin or L-twin layout, keeps everything really narrow. But um, the other, really big benefit of that is it has a super low seat height when you think about sport bikes overall so well, i shouldn't say super low it comes in at 31.9 inches then you factor in the, the the width of the motorcycle is significantly more narrow than um, triple cylinder engines or inline four engines so it makes the bike feel much more narrow and shorter than it actually is i mean i can get my boots and feet on the ground, no problem. So if you are a shorter rider and you're coming up from say, you know, Ninja 650s, MT-07s, middleweight bikes and stuff like that, this would be a really good model to look at because it will fit you, you know, pretty well. And overall the bike doesn't feel too big. It's just, you know, think about, um, you're very familiar with the Kawasaki uh, H2SXSE. When we think about those big, right. full-blown touring bikes, yeah. they feel long. They feel heavy. This cool. doesn't feel like that at all. It, it feels relative to you know a, a middleweight motorcycle, which ostensibly that's what it's supposed to be. So, you know, that's that's something that's very cool. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like a really actually a really nice bike. Just. And that sounds so generic to say that oh it's nice it's just a nice bike but but yeah I know I know what you mean I mean uh, 
you know, I've I've written Ducatis, lots of Ducatis in the past, some of which I've loved and some of which I've not so loved. They were just too difficult to, like you say, too sharp edge, too knife edge to, to really wrestle around. So I'm attracted to motorcycles that are easy to ride, that you, you don't have to focus on the bike. You can focus on what's going on on the, on the road and, and, uh, and the canyon that you're on, and you can focus on enjoying yourself. You're not sitting there trying to manage the machine under you. I, I like bikes that feel intuitive to ride. This seems to really sort of fit that bill. What, what, are, the, what are the sort of the general ergonomics like in terms of sort of upright? And, you know, if you're a, if you're a young guy and young guy or gal, and you're thinking of, well, you know, this, this would be kind of my only bike, so I'm going to have to commute on it. Is that possible or are they just out of their mind to even consider that oh no it's it's right on the money for daily life whether that's commuting long distance riding and even racetrack duty um it really kind of splits the middle of all that stuff so it's not as upright as say a monster but nowhere near as demanding on the wrist as a proper super sport would be so you're you're in between there i mean if i had to think of a off just off the top of my head comparison in terms of rider triangle, probably think something along the lines of Ninja 650s, um, SV 650s. Actually, no, that's probably a little bit longer, so scratch that. But yeah, probably in the, the Ninja 650 range. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit more aggressive than your standard naked bike. And then you have the wind protection as well, which really does help in its sure. two position. So tall riders can, you know, help themselves out a little bit more. And, you know, if you were to commute on it, I think you'd be in good shape. And given that it can probably get something like 150-ish, 160-ish in change, um, you know, for mileage per tank, you know, you could do plenty of long days in the saddle or a good long trip and not be worse for wear. That sounds, sounds great. What's the, uh, what's the sort of pricing on this? You're going to tell me that it's some crazy expensive price, no doubt. So <laughs> we, we are up there in the pricing, and that's, that's sort of my one kind of um, gripe with it. But the, the issue is we're talking about a premium brand offering a premium product at a premium price. So the right. base model is $13,995, and the S model that we have is $16,195. And... What I'll say about the price is you do get a lot of bike for the money, which is a common thing that we'll say about, you know, more expensive bikes, because the reality is you get really good electronics package. You get a more than capable engine thing looks great. Build qualities there handles well, stops well, pretty comfortable. And, you know, you get a great all around bike at that price point. I would like to see maybe just a couple hundred dollars more it would really help justify the price. The electronic suspensions starting to come into play. Cause I okay. think on this bike with the electronic suspension, with the cruise control, that would really elevate this thing into like a whole separate uh, section for Ducati and, and really make it extremely competitive across the whole kind of sport touring category. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the price. Okay. Well, excellent. All right. So uh, it sounds as though you like actually like the bike and really felt at home on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's actually a good point, too, is 
there are some bikes and we've both experienced this where you get on them and they take some getting used to. That's not what you get on the super sport 950s. In my experience, hopped on it immediately. Everything was felt, everything felt proportional. I knew everything what, where, where everything was, you know, the feedback from the front ends and the rear ends, the way it handles, just everything was so accommodating that I feel like this is a really good bike for someone that is jumping up from say a more entry level bike. And then they want to get into their second or third bike and take that next step of investment without going overboard. I think this is something that they should definitely look at because again, we're talking real, real world horsepower for a real world rider. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's a way of getting into, you know, buying into the whole Ducati brand experience and getting this sort of cool brand without having a, you know, a cantankerous, it's not like dating a supermodel, you know, you, you it's a real world experience. It sounds great. It's true. And you know, we've all dated supermodels, so yeah, <laughs> we, we can all sympathize, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a very cool bike. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks. I appreciate your insight and, uh, and, uh, hearing what you thought about it. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Cool. No problem. In the second segment, our friend this week is Shelby Hobson. Shelby is an accomplished rider, able to ride at speed with great form and confidence. TJ chats with Shelby about when she started riding and the path she took to get where she is today. So I was looking at your page, your Instagram page, which is Moto Shelby, and I'll put that in a link in the show notes so people can be really nosy and have a look at what you get up to. <laughs> And I loved your mantra, which is get busy living or get busy dying. So I thought, yeah, she sounds interesting. Um, we don't have many ladies on here chatting, so that's a bonus. <laughs> now, I see you ride sort of in um, California and you ride in Georgia and you ride a variety of bikes. You said to me uh, when we were chatting once that your dad doesn't ride. Um, your family don't ride. Is that right? Yes, I, I don't have, uh, there's nobody in my family that, that rides, actually. Uh, I've never really been around motorcycles, my life, my, you know, other than seeing them on the road, of course, or yes. thinking that they were cool and passing by, but it, I'd never really thought about, oh, I want to ride one day or... Wasn't on your wish list? Uh, yes, it was not. <laughs> so what sort of age did you start riding? Just roughly 10s, that is teens. <laughs> 20s 30s no you're not are you you're not 30 yet are you i am i am wow well <laughs> yeah i can february of this year <laughs> i can see you and our audience can't and you you look fabulous so um <laughs> you started riding sort of in your 20s um i started riding uh five years ago so tw at 25 that's good to hear because i like to encourage people who've never ridden i mm -hmm. speak to sort of 60 year olds yeah and i encourage them to start yeah well it's never too late to start or too early <laughs> I, I think so I think, I think you're right there so um what was your first motorcycle if you can remember and how did it all start um so it well it started because i obviously i, I started dating my boyfriend and riding on the back for a while i'm like <clears throat> you know if i'm gonna be seeing you for a while i should probably learn how to ride ride myself you know Ride it on the back just doesn't feel as cool as you know riding your own. <laughs> so uh, we eventually got uh, I started with a Honda CBR uh, 300R, and that was the perfect starter bike. All right. Uh, day 
I'd say the first couple of weeks I started just doing U-turn, the tight, slow technical movements, U-turns, figure eights, little slaloms. Um, and at slow moving pace, that bike took being dropped like a champ uh, with, with, with sliders on, of course. So it really is the <laughs> ultimate learner bike uh, and easy to pick up yourself, no matter your size. I mean, I'm 5'5 five, five and 110 pounds. So picking a bike up like that is, is very easy for me. <laughs> right. That's good information <laughs> for learners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. So um that was your sort of little run around for a while and then uh, yeah about six months I rode that for six months and uh, graduated up pretty quickly uh, from there I went to the Triumph Thruxton R to, to 1200 uh, it's a 1200 but it's not like super powerful like a really sporty bike but that's big that, that's big great pose value as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah but from there, I went and I took a California Superbike School class, a level one, and that taught me a lot just about just the, all the technical things you really want to learn, where to enter a corner, counter steering. You have a coach that kind of comes and follows you around a track, and then you get back off the track and they meet with you and say what you did right or wrong and how to make things, you know, make things a little better. So that, that really helped a lot. That's that sounds invaluable because you know most people sort of learn from somebody else or they just try themselves but i would really encourage people to do a school you know so that you've got uh, proper technical advice and from people who are qualified absolutely and that's the thing about writing you know you can start writing especially if you're self-taught and you can ride wrong so to speak uh entering the corner wrong or breaking through the corner not trail breaking but just breaking hard and um that, that can you know those all those things are just not the things you want to be doing so these these classes are are great following on from that you your eyes strayed across other exotic motos because i know you've got a few and there's nothing wrong with that it's good to have a stable to select from yeah what, <laughs> what am i going to ride today <laughs> Well, I love it. I love your posts on Instagram. You know, it's just an eclectic mix and, you know, different sort of um, fields for different motorcycles, different genres. You've got your neat smart and you've got, you know, you're sort of a bit boho. And, I, you know, I yeah. do always wear protective gear, which is fantastic, but you certainly, you know, style it and it, it's lovely to <laughs> see. <laughs> so um, telling us also the mate, because not everybody knows just models. Um, are you able to list what you've got <laughs> just to give us an idea of your taste? Uh, well, most of my gear, especially my suits, like my full one-piece leather suits, is all their Dionese motorcycle jackets and the textile pants that zip into them are also uh, Dionese. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I saw you had a sort of, um, you had like a moss green leggings on. Oh, those, those were just a pair of motorcycle, uh, just jeans. Oh, they're okay. not even, <laughs> they're, they're just styled to be, I don't even know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and the motorbikes, what have you got in your mm -hmm. garage? Quite a few. Uh, one of my, two of my favorites actually would be my first leader bike, which is my Suzuki GSX-S1000. Uh, first love of mine, honestly, and I just can't get over it past that one you know and the next would be uh my the aprilia uh <clears throat> tuono factory 
uh, uh, just once you get that uh, quick, quick shifting, the up and down quick shifter is just <laughs> wow. That's like all right, a whole new level. And I just recently figured out how to use the cruise control, which is great for highway riding to and from. You know, your twisty motorcycle roads. It it makes it a lot easier on on the wrist. Right. Yeah. I, I'm a bit nervous about using that for some reason. I. I'll get to it, but it makes me feel a bit out of control. Same with the shifter. I use it sometimes. So yeah, yeah, it's becoming a benefit. Obviously, you're, you're, you know, taking advantage of what it's there for. So definitely, and it can kind of streamline things, especially with the, the quick shifter, you know, that uh, the MV Augustas have have the quick shifter that the Brutale 800RR and the uh, Dragster 800RR. Um, the K13, we have two K1300Ss. One of them is the the inversion, both with the up quick shifter, but not not wow. down, sadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the one of the favorite sport touring bikes, but sadly BMW quit making those, so there's there's no way to update them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's going to be tucked away as a future classic. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> And when you ride, you ride with your boyfriend and you tend to choose the same sort of motorcycles together. Is there a bit of a domestic going on? You know, no, we're going to go this style. No, I want to do, you know, GSX. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we tend to, you know, sport bikes or, um, you know, if we go with the cafe racers, we both tend to be on the cafe racers. Cruisers, you know, the same as the Triumph Bobber, you know, I tend to ride that if we're or the Harley, uh, it's which is the uh, the Harley V Rod, which is the right. Porsche Porsche uh, designed engine street yeah. rod. Pardon, pardon me, it's a street rod, not the V Rod. <laughs> That's right. um, um, so yeah, we we tend to keep the same kind of style things because obviously I don't want to be on the Prilia if there's a you know, he's on the bobber or, or you know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bit matchy-matchy or sort of uh, at least coordinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look coordinating there. <laughs> so um, do you tour or do you tend to go for rides, come back, kind of pick your roads, want some twisties, pick your roads if you want straight touring Harley-Davidson sort of roads or what's your sort of usual ride? Do you sort of ride? for pleasure only, or do you ride to places that you need to get to? Um, for both, uh, as long as, I mean, grocery shopping can be a little hard on the motorcycles. Uh, <laughs> if we're just doing, you know, if I'm doing a couple of things around town, I will take a bike as long as it's not gonna rain, of course. In Georgia, it's a little hard to deal with the, uh, the rain situation recently. Uh, also, I mean, just twisties, twisties are always a favorite, you know, go-to. As, long, as often as possible, really. <laughs> and I saw you posted that you're at a courthouse. Now, I hope you haven't been naughty. <laughs> but um, did, you, <laughs> did you, you went there for, um, for sort of business, shall we say, not pleasure. And um, did you get lots of comments to people sort of look? Yeah, there's especially the cars, cars coming by and just totally stopping. And we're like, you know, just staring and like, oh, like, uh, What's going on over here? We're like, you please, please go by. You know, we'd like to take a picture. You know, we're not trying to hold up traffic or anything. <laughs> just, just waiting for a break in traffic, and people just, yeah, that's it's pretty funny. 
Well, you have the look. You do. I mean, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but you, you you're so put together. So you have a very sleek look, and you know, as I say, you look you do look safe because you have all the gear and it looks cool. So, I you know, I think it's good to encourage new riders. They don't have to be sort of over the top, but as long as they've got everything on, they can they can look cool. Absolutely, and it, no matter how seasoned you are or how new you are, there's always the the, the chance that something will happen and it won't even necessarily be your fault it will just be a driver a drunk driver or somebody not paying attention playing on their phone and yes if you now this is another reason why taking classes could be because you know how to react you know how to avoid a situation all you have to do is try to find that small window of say 11 or 12 inches and just go for it to sneak through between cars to keep yourself safe yes mm. exactly yeah, I think um, tuition is definitely a useful thing and it's a safe place to find out what you can do yourself or you can do with your motorcycle. Absolutely. Um, any um, ambitions that you haven't yet achieved motorcycling wise, not the whole of your life, <laughs> next on your list? Well, you know, it's, I have a hard time and this is just kind of silly, but on a track riding, I can't seem to get like a knee down. <laughs> And it's not like it's something that you have to do or by any means, I don't push myself to try to do it. But when I look at photos from track days and stuff and I'm like, ah, wow, I'm just like a fraction of an inch sometimes. And it is what it is, but it's just that, that one little thing that I feel like maybe one day, but other than that, I really, I enjoy writing and I, I don't really have an ambition just to come home smiling, you know, in, in one piece and the bike in one piece that's the best yes. that's the best thing <laughs> getting home safe is sexy as they say have you ridden like the areas i've mentioned are georgia and california have you ridden other areas of the united states the u.s yes uh probably in 2017 and 2018 rode from atlanta one year we rode from atlanta up to new york city no highways almost entirely back roads uh, from New York City and then over to Pittsburgh and from there came back down and then up the following year to New York City and we went up to Niagara Falls and back down and like I said like all back roads and you know highways obviously just it's not gonna be fun um, yeah and along the way just I mean it wasn't like a straight shot you know we would ride a couple two three four hundred miles sometimes and stay in fun cities and find nice restaurants and and stay overnight and continue on on the journey. Um, nice, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and we've ridden, you know, LA, probably up to San Francisco, or that's really the most I've done in California, other than a trip from LA down to Cabo San Lucas, which was an amazing, amazing uh, road trip down and up. Uh, of course, that's not entirely the United States, but. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's a lot more than most people have done or seen, actually, you know, from, from speaking with people. I studied in England myself, and then I lived in Australia for sort of 15 years. And people I speak to here in America, lots of them haven't seen much of the USA. Mm -hmm. And it, it's stunning. It's beautiful. And um, to do it on a motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anything overseas? Anything abroad? Um, abroad, uh, twenty late twenty eighteen, we we went from Paris, uh, rode down the mountain mountain roads to from Lyon to Grenoble, 
uh, Nice, it hit Cannes, Saint-Tropez, crossed over into Italy and Switzerland and slowly made her way back up to Paris. Uh, absolutely beautiful, epic, you know, trip. Wow. Um, nothing, nothing, been nothing like that. <laughs> did you take your motorcycles or? We rented, rent we rented you two rent? uh, VFRs in Paris, actually from a, a, a rental place right near the Arc de Triomphe. Um, the bikes were great. Perfect for that trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good to hear because I think people hold back you know they're a bit daunted by renting all oh, the motorcycles looked after and you know will they be safe but I, in my experience generally they are because you know that's the business that rental companies are in and they don't want a bad reputation obviously they want want their clients to come home safe <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that sounds really varied that's quite a quite a lot actually more than i was expecting <laughs> If you were to kind of, you know, you've only been riding for five years, but it sounds like you've taken a really good route to getting where you are. But is there anything you wish you had done or done differently? Oh, I'd not say so. I think so far everything seems to be going pretty, pretty right on track, <laughs> which is very rare. Started earlier, maybe? Started earlier. There you go. There, that's, that's the thing I couldn't think of, but you, you got that spot on. <laughs> Starting earlier would, would be perfect. And that's, you know, I, I did that with, I got my little nephew started at eight with a little 50cc dirt bike. So maybe once he gets older, he can you know, get reap the benefits of, of those things. <laughs> yes, yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. And of all those roads, you've had quite a lot of varied experience there. Um, what would you say, could you pick a favorite? Well, in the, in the U.S., I would say on the East Coast, the, the Blue Ridge Parkway slash Skyline Drive, which are all one, uh, was absolutely my favorite. Um, and East or West Coast, I love Angela's Crest. Uh, there's a lot of accidents up there, so I really didn't go up there a whole lot, sadly. Yes, a lot of motorcycle traffic and a lot of people trying too soon, I think. We're near there. And you get people who, unfortunately, I mean, it's great that they're trying, but um, I think there are a lot of single motorcycle accidents where people are going just across the road because they can't make the bend and that sort of thing. It's, it's just mega busy. Yeah. The, the first road you mentioned, uh, does that get a lot of traffic? Uh, so I've only done the entire thing once. Uh, it was, and then we did two days uh, just because it's just, it extends plus the Skyline Drive. It extends over a few states, I think three or four, probably four states, four or five. Wow. Yes, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Y'all really should come back out here and, uh, and we should all ride that. Yeah. The road in that area that springs to my mind is the Tale of the Dragon, which is really popular. But of course, really popular means lots and lots of traffic. Yes. Now, the yeah, Blue Ridge Parkway is it really it was a little trafficy, but not anywhere near like say the tail of the dragon um and people tend to pull there's a lot of pull-offs to see the scenic views on the parkway so you get a, a great opportunity to pass or you know there are passing zones and the police don't patrol there it's uh, like dnr department of natural resources so the thing that would happen there is a ticket you would get would be either 
a $50 ticket or a $500 ticket, depending on your speed and your speeds. So just for people that plan or have already been there, you know, keep, you can keep that in mind, how fast you really want to go, (laughs) but it doesn't go on your license, which is nice. Uh, No points. Also a nice thing to keep in mind. (laughs) Not that I'm saying people should, you know, do these bad behavior things, but. (laughs) No, no, but it happens. And I'm, you know, I was, I was going to say, you know, how do you spot them? I suppose once you've, <laughs> once you've had one yeah. experience, you know what to look for, look out for. Actually, the person who told uh, told me that was Peter Jones, who wrote uh, the bad editor. Yeah, the bad editor. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> great title. <laughs> a little good, a good tim- uh, tidbit of information. So, luckily, I haven't experienced any of that yet from that area, but it's good to keep in mind. <laughs> now we can't all see you, but. Um, I can see you, and I saw you had your cat with you. Has uh, what's your cat? What's your cat's name? Uh, the cat is Squirt. Squirt. <laughs> has Squirt been on a motorcycle? No, she hasn't. She's at now. She is 19 years old as of this month, I believe. So, oh, she's a little senior. She's doing well, but yeah, I think a motorcycle may be a little much for her at this point. <laughs> a bit of a hair-raising experience at that age. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've been here years and now what are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? She does like to fly though. She flies with us. You know, she would fly back and forth from LA and to uh to France and stuff. So <laughs> great. Wow. Yeah. Travel <laughs> Yes. <fantastic>. yes. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I'm just going to thank you for speaking with us. It's um, it's good to have um, a perspective from from well, from my point of view, from someone who's uh, a bit younger because I hang around with a lot of old giffers because I'm in that <laughs> neck of the woods. <laughs> and uh, I like that you sort of have learnt to ride. I wouldn't say I don't want to say properly, but in in the technical in a technical manner you've gone straight away after you know you're slow riding which is a good thing to start with and you've gone to school which is uh obviously just gives you that the benefits i think are key to make you a safer person on the road you can look after yourself yeah okay well thanks for joining us today and uh see you on the road yeah sounds good look forward to seeing y'all soon